so I'm going to be talking about Captain Marvel today, right? Um, I went to see Captain Marvel on Saturday for a matinee on, around uh, 12.30 p.m., right? And the theater was, was packed, like, and I was surprised by how packed it was by 12.30 p.m. on a Saturday. Like, it's the weekend, but still, it was, like, really early, you know? You expect people to go in the evenings to see, like, really important movies. Plus, I didn't go for the 3D. Uh, I went on the standard the standard showing, right? So that surprised me that so many people were in there. Um, and I guess that's when I knew, okay, this movie is going to make a lot of money. Like, for a movie to have that many people in the afternoon just watching, I just knew that. And sure enough, when the reports came out, I saw the movie made $153 million uh, and four hundred and almost $500 million worldwide for its opening weekend. That is mighty impressive. That's that's a huge opening weekend, right? Um, so yeah, congrats to this movie, man. I, I love the movie. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, so let's get into it, what I think about the movie. The movie is right now is an 85% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's improved because the last time I saw it, it was 79%. But you know, on, on Rotten Tomatoes, okay, it's still on 79 actually. That's like, it's fresh, right? And for a superhero movie, even though for a Disney Marvel movie, it's not one of the highest. Um, I heard somewhere that it's the sixth lowest for a Disney Marvel movie at 79. But like for a movie in general, that's pretty high on, on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Uh, 7 over 10 on IMDb, 65% on Metacritic. Again, 65% on Metacritic is pretty good, right? Um Personally, I when I watched the movie, I rated it a 9 over 10. And, of course, that's, you know, from watching the movie in the, in the cinema and, like, just having that experience of people laughing around me, it was such a funny movie. Like, Marvel, uh, yeah, Marvel movies are always really funny. So, like, that wasn't surprising. But, like, they earn their laughs, you know. It's not cheap laughs. It's, like, really funny stuff. And, and you know, and all the gasps in the movie and, you know, I enjoyed watching it with people, and there were a lot of kids there. It's, you know, family-friendly. It was really nice watching it with people. Like, it's really funny, really gratifying movie. Like, you watch it, and you're like, oh, this is nice. And and so, like, I rated it a 9 over 10 when I came out. Even while watching it, I was like, good God. Like, Kevin Feige, Marvel, these guys know how to make an amazing movie. Like, they got this down to a science. Like, I don't know if they could make a bad movie if they tried and like it's Captain Marvel. It's like it's not even one of the, you know, established characters yet, and it, it's it's just such a well-executed, efficient movie, right? It just makes like other studios look so bad, and you know what studio I'm talking about. It's just I like that studio too, so I just I don't want to bring negativity to their name for no reason. But like, they they make it look so hard, like it's so difficult to make a good movie. Meanwhile, like, you know, Marvel is just. <laughs> knocking these out of the park like it's nothing so it was a really good movie i rated it a 9 over 10 when i got out because of you know all the excitement and i expected that you know after settling down and you know getting over the initial excitement of it that i would lower my rating and really i i really don't see any reason to i still think it's a 9 over 10 you know it's not what are you watching superhero movies for? You know, it's not best original screenplay. You know, it's not it's not about to change your life, the story. So that's not what I'm judging. It's not going to win an Oscar. That's not what I'm judging 
this movie, for, uh, you know. But I really can't find any downsides to the movie, and I and I mean that, you know. I really can't find any downsides to the movie. You know, maybe I should give it an eight, just so I'm not so uh, generous, you know, because nine just seems so high. But like, really, I don't see any reason why it's not a nine over ten. I loved the movie, okay. And I'm gonna get into why all the things I loved about it in a minute. Let me just read the uh, plot. So Captain Marvel is an is an extraterrestrial Kree warrior who finds herself caught in the middle of an intergalactic battle between her people and the scrolls. Living on Earth in 1995, she keeps having recurring memories of another life as U.S. Air Force pilot Carol Danvers. Uh, with help from Nick Fury, Captain Marvel tries to uncover the secrets of her past while harnessing her special superpowers to end the war with the evil scrolls. Right? Um, I don't know how much I should give away in, in terms of spoilers for this movie, but I'm going to say... I'm not putting like any thought to avoid spoilers, so stay at your own risk. Because if I'm saying something and I spoil it, then, you know I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna go out of my way to not spoil it. You know, I hope I don't, but you know, you're staying at your own risk. Um, yeah, I I thought it was really funny how they kept calling her Verse in the movie when she's with the Creed. The Creed know her as Verse, right? Her real name, of course, is Carol Danvers, and. <laughs> It's funny how you how you how we eventually find out why they started calling her verse, and that's that was funny, but that wasn't even one of the funnier parts of the movie. The movie's really funny, but so here's what I loved about the movie: right? the feminism. You see, everyone like I listened to a, a YouTube movie reviewer, and they kept talking about how oh, like Marvel, Disney, Kevin Feige are nervous about how Brie Larson is you know, is leaning into the feminist uh, representation in the movie and how, I don't, I don't believe that. I think Marvel wants this. I don't think like, Mar I don't think like superstars, apart from the James Gunn situation, I, generally speaking, I don't think like Marvel stars and actors and act, I don't think they undercut Marvel in any way. I think Marvel runs a really tight ship there. I really think Marvel supports this and wants this. Like, People think like the the YouTuber I was listening to was like, oh, uh, it might cost Marvel some money at the box office. It might cost them some uh, turnover and profit. It might cost them some, uh, you know, ratings and whatever. The way Brie Larson is really leaning into feminine. I'm, I don't think so. I think Marvel really wants this. Like that's the thing about Marvel. They take risks for things they believe in. Like they're willing to die on a hill. That's what I. That's the perception I get. I don't think they're shying away from making a feminist movie. I don't think just the same way. I don't think they shied away from making a black movie. Like when they wanted to make a uh, Black Panther, they leaned into it. This is going. This was going to be a movie about black representation. They they uh, and they pick these hills to die on, which are really noble hills, right? They're like, okay, we're gonna make something where we're really gonna be about it. We're not gonna play these middle games trying to appease to like. Captain Marvel does not appease to men. You feel me? It's a feminist movie. And again, I don't even want to get into how that that dichotomy exists that shouldn't exist because it's feminist. It doesn't mean it's against men. But like people are legit nervous about that, that, oh, if it's feminist, men might not show up, right? But Marvel is like, no, like there's no, this, this philosophy is not against men in any sense. So we're going to lean into it. The same way for Black Panther, they were like, 
black representation is not against white people in any way. So we're going to lean into it. You know what? And if it costs us, it costs us. Of course, like Marvel is a machine. So they are working over time to make sure it doesn't cost them with the media, the trades, you know, and how they are able to, you know, they're powerful like machines. So they work to get like people on their, in their, on their side. Right. But I think they, I, I, I give them props, honestly, for leaning in, leaning into to this, like with Black Panther, you saw, even though they leaned into the black representation, there was a huge turnout of white people. Like Black Panther made so much money because white people also watched Black Panther, also watched Black Panther again and again, also enjoyed it, also put on the costumes, right? Also did. They were all part of like we were all part of it, and that's why Marvel is like you know what there is well-adjusted people out there in the world. I think that's what Marvel is like. Marvel is like, you know, we're not going to pander to a group. We're not going to try to dilute the narrative of a group, you know, in order to appease another. We're not going to, you know, tone down the feminism so men could watch. We're not going to tone down the black so white could watch. They're like, no. That is like, if we do that, that is pandering to people who are not really well-adjusted, people who think black representation is anti-white people who think feminism is anti-men uh, so we're just gonna believe that there are well-adjusted people out in the world and we're gonna push these movies and really lean into it and guess what i saw a report that 61 percent of the audience for captain marvel this weekend was male you see so marvel is like yeah we told you <laughs> we told you like there are well-adjusted people in this world and this movie just like uh, grace randolph called it is Captain Feminism. Captain Marvel is Captain Feminism. And I loved how they leaned into it, right? They released on International Women's Day or the day before International. Yeah, International Women's Weekend anyway. So they knew what they were doing, you know, and they lean into it. Like, I love when the movie doesn't shy away from, because see, it can be cheesy, it can be corny when it's not sincere. You know, it's just like when you're doing improv. You can't do improv and look and try to be cool, right? Anyone who's done like improv or comedy, or you can't try to be cool while do, while doing it. You can't try to look nice or people like. No, you just gotta lean into it when you're acting. You just gotta lean into it, and and then we might believe you. Then it comes off as sincere, right? This movie is unapologetically feminist, and it is brilliant for it. It is brilliant for it, right from the get go. They are letting you know, like this movie. It's we are marketing it as a feminist movie. We are marketing it as a a movie to empower women, just to tell men, to show men like that. You know, we don't have to we don't have to appease anyone. We don't have to be nice to anyone. We don't have to. I'm saying we like I'm a, like I'm a woman, but like, <laughs> but yeah, that's the message. Like it's really feminist and and it's beautiful. Just the same way Black Panther was really black. And it was beautiful, right? No, the, lean into it and be sincere, and it will work out. One hundred fifty-three million first week domestically, and for, uh, almost five hundred million worldwide. Worldwide, okay? Yeah, it worked out, right? And I loved this about the movie. And you know, one of the things I love, one of the people, one of the reasons I love this movie so much is Brie Larson. Like, I was that was one of the pleasant surprises, okay? I'm not, I wouldn't say like I was, I'm a big Larson fan, like before this movie. If you ask me to name Bray Larson movies, I wouldn't know any. Now, retroactively, now that I knew about her, like retroactively, like 
thinking. Is that even a word? But thinking in retrospect, not retroactive, thinking in retrospect, retrospectively thinking, you know, that you realize, oh, where you've seen her in other movies. But like she was not a name and a face in my head, you know, before this movie. And I was surprised because everyone before the movie, people were talking about her personality. Like I see she she didn't have the personality. Like at least the YouTubers I was watching, um, the YouTuber really that really shaped this opinion in my head. I was there was all this talk about her her personality. You know when the trailers came out, like oh she doesn't have that personality. You know even after seeing the movie, one YouTuber said she was trying to do a Tony Stark impression, like. So I I was really nervous for like her personality. I was I was like afraid like oh would it be a case where Samuel L. Jackson, you know, overshadows her in this movie, or where Samuel L. Jackson is really the personality of the movie? And because Samuel L. Jackson talking about personality, that dude just drips personality. Okay, that I mean it's, it's, Samuel L. Jackson can capture a screen while you're watching Samuel L. Jackson. It's just it's magic. It's you know, so I was nervous for for this reason, right? And then I see the movie, and Brie Larson, per, Brie Larson's personality is really what sold it to me. I'm like, yeah, I'm rooting for this woman. Like, are you kidding me? Like, she is so funny, bro. She's so goofy, like in a good way. Like, I just loved the, the her personality so much. And then when I was watching the interviews, like after I saw the movie, I was watching interviews of her. I'm like that. This who she is in person. Like she's a real person. She's not smarmy. Like that's why I hate Ryan Reynolds because Ryan Reynolds is like, oh, I'm nice. Like, uh, you know, he's he's a sycophant. I really don't like Ryan Reynolds, but that's like another talk for another day. Like, because I think he's smarmy. Captain Mar- uh, Brie Larson is down to earth. She's a regular person. She's not smarmy at all. She's not nice, you know. Because I I, I think nice is a derogatory. And I think a lot, a lot of people have a problem with Brie Larson is because they don't think she's nice. And I think that just says, that goes back to the feminist message, right? Because we always want, like, women and to be nice. And even in general, we always want people to be nice. But nice, I, I don't think nice is a good trait to have at all. And let me just find the dictionary definition of nice. Google thought I was looking for the location in France. Nice means pleasant, agreeable, satisfactory, you know, final. It, it's, it's... uh. It's almost a language of subservience. It's nice. It's almost like, you know, oh, I'm trying to make everyone else happy. You know, so she's not she's not that. You know, she's a full-blown personality who is so down to earth, who I just loved her, like, while watching the movie and while, while watching her interviews, right? Very real, real person. I, I guess that's just the word. She's so real, you know, and funny, right? And confident and like strong, like you could feel her strength watching the movie. And this is even before the she get like we get to really see her powers. Like you could feel her strength. It just felt like a real confident human being who is not leaving for the approval of other people. Who isn't? And you know another thing again in the movie. When I tell you this movie really leans into the feminist, it really does, and it is better for it because the the they spend the whole movie talking about like the Cree that uh, abducted her uh talk about what's his name Jules character young young cog right the Cree that's training her and he keeps telling her control your emotions control your emotions like what's been given to you can be taken away what's been given to you can be taken away if you if you step out of line if you don't control your emotions right 
then you keep watching the movie and it's like this, she has no problem what are you talking about like you you realize quickly that she has she doesn't have any problem controlling her emotions at all like you know you just realize that it was all it was just a ploy all this while to get her to not be as powerful as as they feared she was right and even what they kept saying about what's been given to you can be taken away right they made her feel like they gave her her powers obviously you find out at the end that they didn't give her her powers she finds out that she has amazing control over her powers by the way like you know they always did in the beginning you're taking out to control everything and then you realize oh nah she doesn't need to control anything she hasn't made so it's just they try to hold her down you know and obviously there's a feminist metaphor for that you know control your emotions and and you know what's being given to you can taken away like we, we you know don't don't shake the status quo or whatever and she has a problem with authority you know she's she doesn't oh she's not just gonna take what you said just because you said it right you know what, what do you mean like so she's she's think she thinks for herself she's not a sheep um which i think more people should have you know because we live in a world today of uh of where people with inflated egos take over huge positions in the world whether it's like political positions or or corporate positions and and are intent on shaping everyone else's per, uh, perception and then we get caught up in these like camps basically rooting for for uh, lords people who are lording themselves over over us and rooting for them and killing fighting amongst each other because some great powerful lord uh says says this is fake news and this is not fake news and and this is how you should think and this is not how you should think and th you know like you know anyway I, i'm off on a tangent tangent but i absolutely love her personality and again Another thing I loved about her is that she's so brave in this movie. And for me, that is always a... Bravery is always a virtue that gets me in anything in movies. Uh, I remember my favorite... One of my favorite sh shows ever, Merlin. One thing I loved about Arthur... No, Uther was the father. Arthur was the, was the son. I loved his bravery. Like I loved him because of that. Because it was like any situation, he's, he's jumping into it, you know. And you just saw this man, like, you know, he would fight for anything. He would fight for those he loved. He, he would fight for against all odds, whatever. And you you just root for that because it's, it's such a good virtue. And in this movie, you get that from Brie Larson. You see this woman who is incredibly brave. Who would go down to earth up into space and around the galaxy to fight for what she loves for what she believes in to fight for truth to keep rising up when she's kicked down and she's kicked down a lot but she remains undaunted you know she remains you know just so strong so brave it's like honestly watching this movie is like it was so inspiring for me because you see someone who is constantly kicked down, yet her personality in the movie, Carol Danvers, and again, it's when you watch Brie Larson do the interviews, you realize this is really Brie Larson bringing her personality into this movie. Like, she seems so undaunted by all the situations and people who have tried to put her down. You know, and she's so strong, even before she knows. Like, the strength doesn't really come from those powers, man. It, it's from the heart. Because before you see the power she exhibits and all that, you just feel the strength. You feel me? So strong, so brave. So for those virtues, I'm a sucker for those virtues. Strength, bravery, all the time. So I was, and plus how funny she was and everything. I was rooting for her. And I already talked about uh, Samuel L. Jackson's, you know, he, again, it's, it was amazing for me 
that Brie Larson's personality is the central personality in this movie. Because when you're in the movie with Samuel freaking L. Jackson, for you to still own the camera, for you to still own the stage, for you to still own every scene, and she owns every scene. Like, it wasn't like, oh man, that was impressive for me. To make Samuel L. Jackson's personality the secondary, like, personality, that is hard, right? And she does this. And she's funny and everything. Oh, I'm talking about her again. I was supposed to talk about Samuel L. Jackson. I really love Brie Larson. I really do. Anyway, and Nick Fury, like, so the movie is set before Nick Fury becomes the Nick Fury we know from other movies, right? This is young Nick Fury. Amazing anti anti-aging technology, by the way. Like he looks so real and so young. Like it doesn't look weird at all. Like I thought that uh you know in that movie, I think it was Civil War, when they made Tony Stark young, he looked kinda weird. Honestly, I felt like but this movie, he uh, when they made Samuel L. Jackson young, Nick Fury young, he looked really like you. At some point, you don't even see it. Like you, you're aware that you know that it's obviously Samuel L. Jackson is not that young in real life. But after a while, like you forget about it completely. You honestly think that it's just Samuel L. Jackson, right? So uh, I, I, I thought it was funny how they did the whole eye thing. You know how Nick Fury lost his eye. You know, he always wears an eye patch. So, you know, I don't I don't want to spoil the movie by saying how he lost his eye. But I thought that part was funny. Um, uh, yes, another character in this uh, movie that really plays a role and you don't really see it coming is the cat, Goose. I Look, I'm a cat person, okay? So when you have a cat in the Like, really, this movie just knew everything I loved, okay? And then you have a cat in this movie being adorable and just being amazing because cats are never not amazing. Like, phenomenal species, right? It's, it goes cats and everything else. Like, cats are just amazing, right? Sorry, humans. Like, y'all, sorry, okay? Maybe that's why I also like Black Panther, right? He's a, he's a cat, kind of, you know? Anyway, Goose is never the cat. He was amazing, played a major role. I don't want to spoil it, so I'm just going to move on. Uh, the, another character I liked, speaking of funny, was Talos, the scroll, the leader of the scrolls, Ben Mendelssohn. I kept wondering who is like playing this character, Ben Mendelssohn. Really funny dude, man. Really funny. Like especially, especially when he's in the uh, in Maria Rambo's house. Uh, that's Carl Danvers' co-pilot uh, friend when she was on Earth, and he's trying to calm the situation down and he, he has this exchange with Maria Rambo. It's so funny, like super hilarious. Like, oh my goodness, just think about it again. The only thing about the scrolls though that made me, kind of took me out of the movie was the shape, their head, and the shape of their head and the color really look like watermelons. Like, you're going to think of watermelons when you see this movie. It's just, it's, yeah. Speaking of Maria Rambo again, you know, uh, Marvel... You know, Marvel has given us a movie with supreme black representation, right? And obviously, Samuel L. Jackson. We've had uh, we've had Idris Elba. We've had you know the other side chicks in the Marvel movies. You know, uh, uh, War Machine, and uh, you know here and there we've had we've had these sidekicks, and so Marvel. But we've had Black Panther, where it's not a sidekick. You know, it's like the main character is black, the main characters are black, you know. So that's a good thing that we have that, you know. But yeah, Marvel's whole idea, you know, we're going to save racism, one black sidekick at a time, which is funny to me. But 
uh, unlike other Marvel sidekicks, like War Machine, and I don't know why the other guy's name is Anthony Mackie's character in uh, Anthony Mackie's sidekick. That's uh, Captain America's sidekick. Uh, I forget his name for some reason in the in the movie in the movies. But unlike those two characters, Maria Rambeau is more involved. Now, I don't think she's going to be much more involved after this movie. That's the only thing. However, her daughter, Monica Rambeau, is, is going to be more involved, I, I think. I think she's going to be, become Photon. Because obviously, in the, you know, Monica Rambeau is a major character in the comics, right? And she's Photon. She's a superhero. And... I have to give a shout out to Akira Akbar. She plays Maria Rambeau's daughter here, man. Like she acts her socks off and she's really, you know, wide eyed, like in a childlike way. Just believing this pure innocence and believing the best, you know, when she pushes her mom to go to space to fight. I have to, I have to say when I was watching that, that part, initially I was like, uh, I don't care. Like, because this thing happens where Carol Danvers, Captain Marvel, has to go to space to, to complete a mission, right? And Maria Rambeau is just human. She doesn't have any powers, but she's a damn good pilot, right? And Carol Danvers invites her to go up with her. And, and Maria is like, nah, I got to stay here. I got a kid. You know, I'm not going to fly up to, into space fighting super-powered aliens and leave my daughter behind. And her daughter is like, mom, you should go. Think about the example you're, li uh, you're setting for, for me. Again, incredibly feminist, incredibly beautiful. Because you see this young black girl, this young black woman, right, with such a brilliant mind. And eventually we know she's going to have superpowers because in the comic, Monica Rambeau has superpowers. She's going to become Fulton. And Carl Davers tells her, uh, maybe you'll build, uh, you'll build something on It's some like, kind of science thing. I can't remember. And yeah. So she's incredibly strong. Like the female characters in this movie, obviously, are incredibly strong. And so when when uh, when uh, Monica tells her mom go go to go to the missions because of the example, she think of the example she, she's setting for her. The I was like, listen, man, young woman, I'm not gonna get myself killed. Like as a parent, this is what I was thinking in the moment. As a parent, your primary responsibility. It's kind of to your kids, right? I mean, I'm not a parent, so I guess I wouldn't know. But, like, I, that's what that's what I've been told. I, I don't know. That's Am I crazy? I'm like, I'm not going to get myself killed. And then you have to grow because she doesn't have a father. She's a single mom. Uh, Maria Rambeau is a single mom, right? We never really know what happened to their dad. Um, so, basically, while Carol Danvers was on Earth, she was, like, an auntie to to Monica Rambeau and Maria's best friend. So she they basically raised her, you know, and obviously imagine your, your favorite auntie is like a super powered hero, superhero. So um, Monica was really stoked and really happy and she's great. But I'm thinking, should oh, well, am I going to leave my daughter to go to space to fight? Like, and then but for, upon further thinking about it, I really thought like, Maybe maybe she's right, you know. Maybe she's right. Maybe that moment is bigger than than that daughter. And of course, it's not like you're baiting out on your daughter. Like she's she understands the risk. She knows her her mom might die, and you might say that's unreasonable for an eleven year old to an eleven year old doesn't really understand, or it's unreasonable. She has family. She has like grandparents, right? 
again, it's still like a conflict in my mind. Was it right for for um, Maria to leave, right? But I think it also goes speaks to like again the feminist theme of like women having to give up a lot of their ambition, uh, a lot of their career, like because oh they have kids to look after and men don't have. I think that's the message you're trying to say there. And a lot of times the fathers and men just still move forward in their and their ambitions and their characters. And while that is true to a certain extent, as far as flying up in space to fight space aliens while you're a human being and your your chance of dying is like 90% because yeah you're human you you know there's just a high chance of dying and leaving your 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 daughter an an orphan like I don't know I was conflicted about that because I am a parent as a, I'm not a parent but if I were a parent right yes you sh you could like give up some time or whatever to pursue your goals whether you're a mom or your dad like but to get yourself killed that's a different thing that is not trying to get the top position at the office that is not going out to be a businesswoman or to be a businessman that's a different thing altogether like no one wants to grow up without their parents around you feel me like and i don't so i don't know i'm conflicted i think i got the message there that yeah we shouldn't women shouldn't let their kids uh come in between a life they're trying to leave the, the a life they're trying to lead or between their ambition and you could still be a, a damn good mom by actually having your having agency outside of your child like you're not defined by your child and even in general again even for for uh, men who have kids and fathers you're not defined by your relationship to your child right you can go out and have ambition and, and do things and while i i think that is a really good message it's a message i support it's different when you're talking about actually dying because you're going to leave that kid alone so i'm just i'm a, i'm conflicted about that you know i don't know that i would leave my child if i know i could die but hey uh it doesn't take away from the movie it's um again I, maria uh maria rambo really doesn't do much when when she d does get to space again she's you know it's everyone is super powered you know she i didn't get the feeling that she was needed there anyway but you know she set an example for her child, and she survived, right? So all that ends well, ends well. It would suck if she died, but she she doesn't, and she sets a really good example. And that kid, that kid is grown. That kid is ready for the world. Like she's ready to conquer everything. She's ready to. She's smart. She's strong. Like you get the feeling, even if her mom died, she would be all right, right? Like she's not some weak child you should feel bad for you should have pity for like that is a strong intent that is like a child we all hope to have if we have kids and i guess we we should all hope to be parents like maria when we uh, if we have kids because man yeah she's not some helpless 11 year old black girl no she's strong she's confident you know uh, so yeah i really liked liked her uh akira akbar she acts her socks off it was amazing uh Another thing that I really like, I really enjoyed about the movie was Agent Coulson from Agents of Shield. Okay, like I just kept smiling just seeing his face. Initially, he wasn't saying much, and obviously, you, I don't want to spoil it again, but you realize at a certain point why he why he's not acting. He's acting kind of weird. He's not saying too much, right? But I loved 
just seeing Agent Coulson, Clark Gregg on screen. Like, just the agents. And I haven't watched Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in a while, but I loved him so much in that show. And seeing him on screen just made, it was so pleasant. Just made me so happy, right? You know, situations can be nice, but people should never be nice. And people should be kind and not nice. But this was a good situation. This was a nice situation. And uh, I enjoyed I enjoyed that a lot, you know. I also loved the the space theme in the movie. It was really great. And, uh, you know, seeing the Cree world, Hala, I think, Hala, I think that's what it's called, is really uh, well built. I love the tribute to Stanley. That will always get me in my feelings. I don't care, like, how many times I see Stanley now in a Marvel movie or in a Disney movie. It will always get to get to my feelings, man. Like, on that train where Carol Danvers gives him a head nod, just knowing look, yeah, that touched me, yeah. So, about Captain Marvel's power powers, right? She gets her powers from the Tesseract. This is a spoiler, by the way. And I, oh, I think we knew that already. Or oh, did we? I don't know. But she gets she get, gets her powers from Tesseract. Obviously, we know now that uh, the Tesseract... Okay, the Tesseract gets its power from the Space Stone... We know the Space Stone is in Thanos' gauntlet, right? So, uh, remember, this movie is set in 1995, before the events of Infinity War, uh, before a bunch of events, right? And the Tesseract is with S.H.I.E.L.D. And, and Dr. Lawson is using it to, you know, create this spacecraft that is very vital to both the Kree and to the Skrulls, right? And uh, while on Earth, Carol Danvers, this is spoiler again, was the test pilot for that uh, space that spacecraft, and the spacecraft was powered by the Tesseract, which the Tesseract itself was powered by the Space Stone, like I said. So when that spacecraft crashes, something something happens. I don't want to give too much away, but basically the engine of that spacecraft, which is not the Tesseract, the Tesseract just just powers that engine, the engine. So it's kind of like a diluted Tesseract, which is like a yeah diluted Space Stone. So it's not. Captain Marvel gets her powers from the Space Stone, but she's not even as strong as the Space Stone, you know. She, the Space Stone is not in her. She just gets her powers from an engine that was powered by the Tesseract, which contains the Space Stone. You know, I hope that that didn't confuse anyone. But, uh, so she gets these powers from the Tesseract, right? And it's important because now because watching this movie like she's so powerful like she the way she whoops like ass in this movie is crazy like i mean you get an ass whooping you get an ass whooping like it was too easy fam. and when she becomes like captain when she like morphs into captain marvel like fully oh my god power just exudes like just you you're just in awe of her like she whoops them like up down left right center like and when when uh, what's was the was the name of that? So the the Cree guy who trains her, played by Jude Law, young young Rog, right? He calls on Ronan to come to come and uh, to to call. He calls on Ronan to come like help her out, help him out to fight Captain Marvel, right? And they come with Ronan's goons come with like these like space level bombs just nukes to like destroy the earth she deals with them in like i don't even know does it even take like 10 10 minutes like it what the, what am i talking time it's like in a minute she, she throws the 
the space shuttle back into like the other barrage of space shuttles and explodes everything. And then that's when Ronan and his dudes are like, oh, okay, we thought we came here to get the Tesseract and to get the, uh, to get the space stone, but really we, we should get Captain Marvel because, and that's another thing, Captain Marvel, her, a lot of her power, I really believe is just innate because even though she gets her powers from the Tesseract, she seems more powerful than the Tesseract. Like it's incredible how powerful she is. And yeah, after I was, watch, after I was watching the movie, I was like, yeah, Thanos does not even know what is coming to him. Like, she's going to whoop Thanos' ass. Like, she's going to make those Infinity Stones look like Pop Rocks by the time she's done. Like, <laughs> Thanos is there chilling in the Soul Stone, thinking about Gamora and everything. She does, he has no idea the ass whooping that's coming. Speaking of Gamora, Gamora from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, isn't it crazy how they kept saying, excuse me, it's crazy how they kept saying Gamora was like the most powerful woman in the universe all this while. And he never really showed her do like anything. We never really get to see her powers. And we know, and after watching Captain Marvel, that no, like Captain Marvel is the most powerful woman in the universe, bar none. Like, but all this while, Captain of Ga uh, Guardians of the Galaxy kept saying, uh, oh, Gamora, she's the most powerful woman in the universe, blah, blah. And we never get to see that. So like, that was just a wash. I don't know why they did that, you know. But you know why they did it though? Because before they had like like an actual uh, movie for like a woman superhero to lead, Marvel was always under fire for not having prominent female characters, right? So they were just those were just cheap points they were trying to win. They were like, "Oh, Gamora is the most powerful woman in the galaxy," just trying to make her look strong. While we actually never saw any of that, right? So I get. That's why they kept saying that, because after watching Captain Marvel and after watching Carol Danvers in action, there's no way you can tell me Gamora was the most powerful woman in the galaxy. Like, Speaking of like that galaxy, you know what I think? I think they just need an election, honestly, because Thor and Thor's family and, and they're, they're out there doing their thing. Loki and the aunt, you know, they're out there doing their thing. Uh, Ultron is out there doing his thing. Uh... Uh, Thanos is just out there doing his own thing. Ronan is just out there doing his own thing. Captain Marvel doing every superpower being is just doing their own thing. They should, and that's what's the cause of all these problems. I'm like, while Thanos is preparing all these things, like the supreme intelligence, not even talk about the supreme intelligence, right? Doing their own thing, like while like Thanos is wiping out half of the universe, like and everything. What like no one even like tries to stop him apart from the Avengers like where's like the Kree and the scrolls they're just doing their own thing like everyone needs to like the universe is so big so scattered like everyone is just doing their own thing and the, the wild thing about that is everybody's thing affects everyone else like you know so can we just all sit down and have an election and have structure to the governance of the of the galaxy like what is the Odin's role and Odin's family's role like Thor's aunt and Loki and Thor and what is Thanos' role? And what is the the Kree role and the Scrolls' role? Like Captain Marvel's role, the Supreme Intelligence? Because it's just like a bunch of superpowered beings in the universe doing their own thing and causing like all this war and all this confusion. Really, I think they just need an election. Honestly, just <laughs> have a Senate, a galactical, uh, galaxy Senate or something, a parliament or whatever, right? So yeah, uh, obviously this movie was there to also set up Endgame, Avengers Endgame, right? In Avengers Endgame, before Nick Fury was wiped away, he sent the uh, uh, he sent the the code or whatever. He sent a signal to to Carol Danvers, to Captain Marvel to come save him, right? 
So she's going to be very pivotal. And, and in the end credit sequence, we see that she shows up on Earth and, and she doesn't know what happened. She doesn't seem to know what happened. That is, it goes back to what I'm saying. The most powerful, or one of the most powerful people in the universe has no idea of what Thanos is doing, what Thanos has done, right? You know, and uh, so she doesn't really know what happened. But obviously she's like the ace in the Avengers sleeve, in the Avengers sleeves, right? And she's going to be like, she's going to lead the charge against Thanos. Um, and I know like I was joking about how Captain Marvel is going to whoop Thanos' ass. But in all seriousness, Thanos is still way stronger than Captain Marvel. Like in uh, in Avengers: Infinity War, Thanos was really going easy on those guys because they posed not a, a threat at all. They had they they didn't pose like any kind of danger to Thanos. I know, I know, like they had this whole plot that they um, that almost succeeded until Chris Pratt started catching feelings. But they're really not a threat, and and then Captain Marvel is really not even nearly as not even he, she can't compare to to Thanos when it comes to strength and now I'll, I'll tell you why even as powerful as we see her to be in this movie remember I said she gets her powers from the from the from an engine which is powered by the Tesseract which contained the Space Stone that engine was not the Tesseract the Tesseract is not even the Space Stone so that is like a diluted Space Stone she gets her powers from Thanos has the entire space stone in a gauntlet. And that's just one of the infinity stones he has. He has five others. Right? Th that dude was really playing with the Avengers in the last movie. I really feel like when this movie comes around, we're really going to see Thanos. And of course, we're going to see it because, yeah, Captain Marvel is going to give him a, a, a real push. Like, it's going to be a real battle now with Captain Marvel and the rest of the Avengers uh, doing it together. And Thor as well. Thor is someone whose powers are underrated for real. Because I think the only the only Avenger whose power I think can match Captain Marvel is Thor. And Captain Marvel might even be more. But it's hard because Thor took a star to the face. Like you think about that, a whole star to the face. And so like Thor is either equal to Captain Marvel in terms of just sheer strength, sheer power, or or more, or a little less. I would say they're comparable. It's hard to, to say with Captain Marvel, right? Because she really, everyone she faced in this movie, she just washed them completely, right? So it's hard to say where she stands in comparison to Thor, but those two are the most powerful, without a doubt. And those two are the ones who are going to really give uh, Thanos a run for his money. Like, combining them together, yeah, now they're really going to push Thanos. And yeah, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm, I'm so gassed. I'm so pumped for endgame it's it's going to be amazing um yeah i'll be i'll be looking out for it and i think i think that's everything i think i've talked about everything i want to talk about for captain marvel again amazing movie brilliant movie like i loved it and happy women's day man in in honor of this weekend and in honor of captain marvel brie larson and maria rambo and monica rambo akira akbar and Mashana lynch in honor of like them, I would like to wish everyone, in, and in honor of like all the women in my life, my mom, my grandparents, um, Stella Adedevo, a Nigerian doctor who curbed the spread of, I think about that woman a lot because she really prevented us from plunging into total chaos when Ebola was was uh, 
was an, a pandemic in that region of in West Africa, right? To Dora Kinyoli, who was one of the very first people I ever looked up to, to Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala, to uh, Obi Ezekwesili, um, to my sisters, uh, to my female friends, and to my teachers. Uh, happy Women's Day, and uh, we should all be feminists. Daddy, daddy, 